Hey guys, um, I know there's usually a big break between um, my my recordings um, in general, but this one this one's this one took a break for a different reason. Um, I I had already recorded something a few I want to say like two weeks ago about. Um, about the Black Lives Matter movement and and just sort of how how I was feeling about it. Not God, I I just I know I understand the irony. This is my podcast and I'm talking about it, so please bear with me if I use um my own sort of feelings excessively in this. Um. I've just been trying so hard to stay informed and and just really go out of I'm not going to call it a comfort zone because it's not where I'm comfortable it's just my peripheral of 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 um you know 6 degrees of separation uh there's there's a, a couple things so um I can speak from a from a literary standpoint I I read a lot of, I read a lot, <laughs> um, and it's never, it's never had to do with even what the um, the author looks like. I'd love to say I read more female, um, female written or even female leads, but I I don't. I it's just I don't even know. I couldn't tell you which. Um, I think I've made a comment actually here and there about not necessarily liking um, some of the books that I've read that have a female lead and then others I'm just like yes she's a warrior like I freaking love her Um, you know it really depends on what you read Um, but so I mean I didn't even realize it until I actually actively so (laughs) sorry I just I wanted to listen and to to you know I I I went down a list of 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 black uh, male and female but um, authors and even creators in general so so film and and TV shows actually came up as well and then I just sort of started following um, a lot of them on social media as well so I was just I was really trying to immerse myself in peep in in an, in a space of of black contributions on purpose um because I felt that I wasn't as informed as I'd like to be from a personal standpoint I'm you know I'm pretty pretty confident in the fact that I don't I see that you are a certain color or gender and I can see that I'm not blind it's just never influenced oh but so that's you know my initial things it's never influenced I have friends that are black white blue like you know every different different looks different everything and so I kind of told myself well Callie obviously this isn't an issue for you because you don't see that and it's true and but that was but I wanted to dive a bit deeper and say you know is this just a comfortable position that I put myself in that because I don't 
see that as an influence. Did I did I fall asleep at the wheel? And that's actually what I feel like I did. It was like I feel like I, you know, have spent time in my area in my zone and and you know as I said before I'm a bit of an introvert with stuff like that in university I had full access to and this was only moving back to when I moved back to Canada it was just you know a vast range of just so many people came in came out and and to be honest um I'd say 90% of my friends that aren't uh that actually that even aren't Portuguese came from when I uh, went to university so that's that's the thing as well I grew up in Portugal so I was a little uh, far from it so I had a few Canadian friends but you know they they were people I met before I was seven and then I had a lot of European friends and then when I moved to when I went to Concordia I just had a lot of Canadian or international friends as well um, and that would have been probably my first exposure to how North America treats um, different people and, and uh, people of color and, and black. And I mean, this is one of the things is to call call it by its call people by what they are and, and allow them to take their their word back and not really t- not really turn everyone into like a melting pot. Um, I definitely believed that it would be enough if I was good and if I stood up to people if I saw it like that that's being a crucial one if I was around it if I saw it I would stand up Um, that's a distinction that I've had to come to terms with it's like what can I do when it's not in my face and the part of that is get it in your face you know um I don't know that's (laughs) it seems like a simple solution but it is right it is it is just just get uncomfortable you know get um ask and so I did so I started I mean I had read I'd read James Baldwin I've, I've actually read a few like even through university I've read um you know and uh, N.K. Jemison I actually read uh She Does Fantasy and it was I read it I, I want to say last year um the Inheritance trilogy and um I remember talking to my good friend about it and we were both reading it and she absolutely loved it and you know I had my own critiques about it and honestly until very very recently did I know that N.K. Jemison was was actually black and I didn't even know she was a woman like I didn't pay any attention to it I just had my own version of um you know what I liked or didn't like based on my experience of, of reading a lot of fantasy and and I would love that to be where it gets and I, I think I, I don't think I'm wrong or alone in this one that everyone wants it to get to, to that point where you just didn't know um but not that you didn't know because you avoided it or you ignored it, but that you didn't know because um, it just, it, it didn't, you know, it's not what you do. You don't, like, for me, it wasn't a matter of it didn't make a difference if I, um, 
if I knew who was who wrote it or not. And I don't know, maybe it's the literary world as well. Like half the time, um, some of the older works were under pseudonyms. So I don't know if I knew half of the people that wrote um, things. Not not that ignorance is ever um, an excuse. It's just it's just something that really didn't. Um, yeah, that really didn't have to. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, I wanted to challenge that and get out of it. And and there's there's so many things going on in my head because I have really good friends that are in um, places that are having very violent protests. And, and by violent, I mean the protesters are not violent. The police are violent. Um, that they're in very scary situations. And so for me, it's 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 that. And, and to be able to say, you know, that's a U.S. problem. Um, that in particular has been our, our um, protests I've been there have been from from my perspective uh, a lot more peaceful and the police have not reacted that way that's not to say that there isn't systemic racism here because again uh, the more research I do the more I realize that there is it's just that um, they have now not taken a lot at least in Montreal where I've been at them a lot of the police have not taken that aggressive stance of um you know, pelting uh, rubber bullets, injuring people, throwing them down, like a lot of that. So with that said, to claim that I'm unaware of what's happening, it's just not, it's, it's just, um, I can't do that anymore and I won't do that. And I honestly, I feel a little embarrassed. Like I really do. There's a part of me and, and I understand that this like shame and guilt and, and embarrassment is so personal and, and, and me telling you this is like makes it about me. But I, I started to develop this sort of sense of anger because I went the more I exposed myself to um, work uh, like cre- creations and I'm so far from from being aware of the whole spec uh, spectrum of it but the more I exposed myself the more I absolutely fell in love with some of these creators I mean I knew of Ava DuVernay um, and I had seen uh when they see us and God, I had zero idea about it. Again, there's no excuse for ignorance and I feel embarrassed even to say it. But when I watched it last year, I was like, I remember recommending it to several people, but being like, you know, be aware. It's like, it's intense, but it's a real story. So you should really pay attention. But um, again, I'm a little embarrassed to say that I just watched 13th the other day and I know my job. was to listen to the historical background of it but I'm a writer and I'm in media and I'm around it and I could not stop just being amazed at the creation as a whole the staging the 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 articulation of people in the video black white everyone who spoke the academia I love academia I am you know half the time I I develop an English accent I think because I associate it with making me sound smarter because all I want to do is just be you know just like an absolute book maybe I just want to be a book that's so weird um but yeah I just I I enjoy just listening to intellectual rhetoric and and I felt there was this weird flash of anger that I was angry at a an algorithm or a system or a whatever it is that kind of blocked 
whether it was me or whether it was, you know, Netflix or whether it was um, a habit to look for this. I, I, I can't really tell you. I'm sure there's faults on every level of this. But I was just so angry because I kind of felt, I felt deprived of, of information and of, of a learning experience. I felt angry that I didn't get to see, again, my fault, um, I will take 100% accountability for this and like proven by the fact that I'm trying to rectify this. But there's, I'm just so angry that I didn't know these people before. These black people, yes. These cre- creators and male, female. And guys, go check them out because my... I was watching um Black AF and there's um there's a there's this sort of one of the episodes Kenya he he's the he's uh the writer for of he, the creator of Blackish and, and Mixedish and, and uh Black AF and he he's the also one of the lead characters in Black AF if you haven't seen it but he's discussing how as a film creator um as someone influential in his field when he gets asked to um one episode he he gets asked to go to a screening and uh, it's a black creator and he does not like the work like at all like from a from a narrative standpoint from a from a very technical standpoint he does not like it at all and he goes through this process of i want to elevate a fellow black person because i know um, how hard it was for them to get here, but the film is not good. And you started to see that so many people were sort of walking on eggshells and just afraid to say it wasn't good because their goal was to elevate um, the work of a black director and and creator. And it's just such a funny, it's just such an interesting thing to watch somebody else go through that it's just like, I want to elevate this, but I also want to live in a world where if I critique him, it's, it's not a hundred percent associated to the fact that he's black. It's, a, but it will be. And that awareness, and that's what a lot of people sort of discuss in the episode that they're like, yes, but does it matter? Does it matter if it was good if what we're doing is paving the way for more people to come along and then be good? Um, and it's such an interesting perspective because it's true. But it, and all I can talk about from, I, I'm not black, but from a female perspective, I have a tendency to hold women um, maybe more accountable, but also to elevate them. And to listen. So it's like it's it's twofold. And maybe it's because most of my best friends are probably all, maybe all of them are female and they're fantastic. Like absolutely the best human beings. Like from 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 in intelligence to awareness to uh, conversationalists to support of each other to just being so differently fantastic um every I could oh my god I could go on forever talking about how lucky I am to be surrounded by such amazing women and it's just it's so so, again as you can see like my attempt is to always get back to something that maybe I can relate to or that I can I can discuss um with the information that I have and so one of the things and I feel like if I talk about this, I'm going to start getting, I'm going to, I'm going to cry again. But 
I've always felt that um, with things that women go through, I've, I've spoken to other men about it. Um, probably, you know, again, I mean, my bad experiences are actually, if we're going to name what it is, then it's with white men. Um, I get to talk to women about this a lot more. I definitely don't talk to men a lot about this. Um, but I've had some, let's just say some situations where even as a strong, tall, fit woman, I've had to come face to face with how I can't defend myself. And when, when you're in a situation and someone you love can hold you down and to a point with one arm <laughs> and and you you start to not be able to breathe and and not and know that you you won't get up you won't move and that they're so much stronger than you <laughs> and they and especially when it's someone who said they loved you you don't you don't always recover well <laughs> from that um it's traumatic and that's that's the physical that was hard you know we all have been through a situation where um the voice inside our head that says we're not good enough or we're not worthy or we're not everything like that echoes someone we love it's not our voice it's worse when it becomes your own voice but that it's you can hear who it is and it's your mom your dad or your boyfriend's girlfriend um it's it's very it's not nice anyway this is something that i force myself to feel again in order to understand a lot of the stories that i had heard um about some of the aggression and the violence and not recognizing that there's a problem not or not admitting that there is one is it makes it very hard to fix so I don't mind talking about it but and it's mine you know like that's the thing it's it's mine so I do with it what I want um but I want to I wanted to go through that exercise not not sort of go into denial and say I don't know what that's like sorry um but to really connect and I've been watching a few uh a few women, black women, actually, uh, listening to how they speak about it. And I, I just even posted this about it. Terry Crews did the same thing. I'm, I want to emphasize it wasn't just uh, black women. Um, it, Terry Crews did the same thing to point out how much we need each other. I've never felt like at least white men that I've spoken to have really seen how much I needed the ones I spoke to. I mean, I, I can't speak for everyone, but men in general, how much I needed them to stand with me through some of those things, some of the conversations I had with them. I mean, I had 
a few men say, you know, you should take it as a compliment if you're getting catcalled or harassed. I had um, I had this the weirdest, one of the most surreal situations. I was driving and I was at a light and this man tried to get in my car. And I mean, he tried to open my door. It was locked, but he was in like a nice, a nice suit. And, and honestly, I, for that split second, I thought he maybe, I justified it. I was like, maybe he thought I was his Uber driver or something. And, but if I hadn't seen the face of the man who did not know this other man, they were not connected. But if I hadn't seen his face, just go, dude, what the heck are you doing? I wouldn't have understood that his intention was to get my attention and to talk to me and to open the door and and maybe even get in my car. I wouldn't have understood if I hadn't seen um, the other male's reaction to it of like, no, that's not cool, um, that he was, I had justified it. I had been like, well, maybe he just, you know, mistook, like he thought I was somebody else. Um, Those things happen like every day. That there's this level of, I mean, I was scared for a while, but I was just unaware. <laughs> and um, maybe that was a defense mechanism. Maybe I'm just, you know, just really wanted to see that it was potentially a mistake. This all to say that I've been listening to some of these. I'm just so overwhelmingly impressed with the fact that my first reaction was Kali. Black lives need help now. So even if I bring up, I know a little bit of what you feel as a woman, it's shadowing what's happening right now. Um, I wanted to hold it back. Like, a part, yes, a part of me was like, hey, I empathize. But I also know that that's not 100% right. So I've been, I've been telling myself, it's like, it's okay to have the pain of, of how you've been treated as a woman and and to hold on to it and just not throw it back in a way to potentially um, maybe underwhelm the movement that's happening right now or maybe to uh, just just sort of push it down or, or, or water it down. I feel like that's the issue. If, if you keep adding and, and keep adding that it's, there's a potential that it's just taking away from the the focus that is right now and that's what I really did not want to do I did that but so many black women especially have not and I'm so proud of each and every one of them that said look we can fight two fights this is all this is all the same. They're right. That's what we're looking for. We're, we're trying to fix this. We're trying to make sure everyone is safe. And if there's anybody that is actually physically embodying this idea of all lives mattering, even while saying Black Lives Matter, it's these people. It's the heads of these organizations. It's these Black men and women that have been saying no stand with us you're with us you no pain don't know pain that's fine but we're not focusing just on one thing we're focusing on rights and to be seen as as humans and if you're telling me that you are not you're with me you're my sister you're my brother you're my family and 
I don't, <laughs> I just feel like from, I'm so embarrassed about some of the people that I've spoken to, not my friends, not people I surround myself, but I'm just like disgusted by some of those people, some of the white men that I've spoken to that have actually tried to make it not their problem. And then I see it, I see it in front of me. I see these black human beings that are trying to be seen. And they're, and they're seeing us back. Like, how do you not want them to have the world? Like, I don't even just want them to have equal rights. Like, I'm like, Jesus Christ, can you just like get everything you ever hoped for and wanted and dreamed of. Like, I'm just so overwhelmed with pride in, in who they are. Some of these people that, some of these black writers that I've I've been so lucky now with this movement to pay attention to and to really read and to just be, just be so proud of and and I know the intention wasn't for me to to take my struggles and be like oh they obviously mean nothing in comparison to what they've done that and the fact that I could do that and I bet you the majority of them would say no don't do that this isn't me versus you this isn't your struggles are worse than mine this is about getting there this is about getting to a point where we can bond over more than the one thing that separates us which is which is purely visual and that's all I want I want it to get to the point where three weeks ago I thought it was when I was sitting on my balcony and I was like I would never treat somebody like that every single person that's in this movement the good ones, the ones that are fighting for the right thing. I just, I'm so, I'm going through every single step of, of through this. And, and, you know, anger comes up. But I'm just so sad half the time when I hear this. And I just don't want anyone to ever feel that way. And it's not because I don't know what it feels like. It's because I I do. And so when I hear people use an argument like, well, I have that pain too. I'm like, then how could you let somebody who maybe is braver than you because they're standing up. How could you let them be alone there? Like, this is what I don't get. You're telling me you understand the pain. And you leave them when they're being braver. I don't understand that. And, I, and the, the, it's stupid. I say I don't understand, but I've seen it. And I'm, I can't believe what I'm seeing. And I can't believe that good people, no matter their job, no matter what they do, no matter how many police officers you know, I know my family members, some of the best people I know. And I'm fighting for them because they deserve to be seen in a good light. 
But it's not going to be by dismissing someone else's experience with it. It's going to be by trying to move towards a solution. I don't understand how you think that by saying one line that will undermine an entire movement, that if you actually sat back and listened, you would understand that your end goals would be the same. But you're so caught up in your need to be a victim or to hold on to whatever whiteness you have because you think I believe that there are people that won't listen to me because I have never been on welfare. And they'll say, what would you know? Of course you can stand there. Of course. But if I am in a position to help, I always will. And you're telling me that me in my ivory tower, I can see what's happening and want to help. I'm I'm far removed from it. That's what you're trying to tell me. You're trying to tell me that I have zero connection to any of this. And yet I still know that I need to be there. And you who does, you have the audacity to undermine somebody else's movement to do something about it. If you want your victimhood so much, so much so that you are never called privileged, if you want that so badly that you want to be the one that everybody feels for and everyone is fighting for, if you desperately want that, how about starting with helping the people that are being treated even less than you? With getting back because I I feel like there's not a single black person within this movement that would say no you know what this is working for me because I love the pity how if you understand that something like privilege is on an ever-moving spectrum what we have to do if you want to be at the bottom because you're holding so tightly onto it and I'm telling you the fact that you're not being persecuted and and put into a box and that when you call the police that it's not for your own safety mind you that they might arrest you better yet they might kill you you want you want to stay the focus of this help us move that dial help us move To the fact that there are things. You should never feel privileged because you survived in an encounter. You should never feel privileged because you actually get to have welfare. Imagine that. But understand that we're saying the same thing. Every single person that walked with me in that protest isn't going to say, well, you know what? We want them to obviously be able to not be shot by police. But like after that, they're on their own. You know, like you do you, boo. Are you serious right now? Join us and move the view of what privileged is. I'm not under any assumption that I'm not. But the fact is... 
It's so weird to me because I am so far from being able to be proud in anything. Because right now, all I had to do was be white. So fuck everything else I've ever worked for. So no, that's not okay. I know who I am that I will work my freaking ass off no matter what room I'm in. But if I have to find out that I'm in that room only because I'm white, I am so disgusted and angry by every single thing because I don't even get to look at my accomplishments from an eye outside of that. And I never looked at them outside of the fact that I knew I was privileged because I had money to get a certain education because my parents are still together and therefore I have a level of support that is absurd. I understand. I have a safety net that goes beyond. I have never in my life not been grateful for that. But now you're telling me that I need to dismiss Everything even my parents have done because their greatest accomplishment was they were white. Fuck you. We're moving this dial because that can't be the only standard. We need to get to a point that you are allowed in a room filled with the most intelligent, um, strong, resilient, incredible people that every single one of color gender any circumstance you've come from get to enter that room and they got there not by somebody holding them back but that that room was available and not oh it was available but you know they had like way bigger hurdles to get to go to you for sure i'm sure they did that's the problem but until that room has been opened at every step of the way and not pushed back. I'm not proud to be in that room. And you shouldn't be either. I'm sorry, this was a really long one. I just have a lot of feelings. <laughs> yeah, I just don't under... I'm, I'm confused as how everyone thinks that... Um, this is divisive. That's probably my one of my least favorite words during this or comments. How is that this not the thing that unites us the most right now? Every single person knows pain, even if it's so far away from it. To sit back and make one comment that has enough weight to undermine a whole movement that you could have just kept to yourself and stayed in your own racist ways. I don't understand. And you don't even know that what you're saying is racist. But you are. That's the problem. You don't think you are because you're like, um, I should be allowed to talk about myself. I should be allowed to talk about my struggles. Yes, you should. 100%. Nobody's saying that. Let's get there. Let's get there. Where we can be in a, a room together and not talk about race. But the only reason we're not... But keep in mind that we're not talking about it. Because it hasn't influenced how we got there. And until that happens, you should be fighting right with us. Anyway. 
that's me for now. <laughs> um, keep getting educated, guys. Read as read, read, and read diversity. I saw um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar say, "Talk to one black person, just just one. If you can, talk to more, but just one." And I would have said this argument for talk to one woman about harassment. Every single friend of mine, every single person, every single female I've ever encountered has one, a story like that. So I've used this argument before. If you don't know, you don't want to know. That's it. I love you guys. And um, I'm so proud of so many people. Thank you for letting me be a part of this. Much love.